Welcome to the C12 Podcast today. My name is Matt, and today we have Josh Ivey speaking to us on how to hear God's voice and what does it look like to take time to listen. And this message is a little bit different where there's going to be some questions asked by the audience, and so there might be some pauses in there where someone's asking a question, and then Josh does a pretty good job of summing up what they asked to kind of guide you as you're listening today. But we hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. Well, happy Thursday, guys. It's great to see you each here. Hey, listen, uh, so we are in the middle of a series called How To, in which we are going through some of the uh, essential elements of growing in our relationship with Christ. And tonight is actually our last night of the series. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be okay. The next couple series coming up are going to be awesome. But I'm going to start with this, uh, at least this story. So I think I have a picture of my wife who will throw up. Uh, this is a picture of my wife. This was a picture of right before we started dating. That's her on the right. That's her sister on the left. I will tell you, that's my wife. Back off. <laughs> Not even kidding. Um, I've got children with her, guys, by the way. Back off. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, this was right after uh, we got, uh, we met. That's her sister. I'll tell you more about that girl later. But uh, so we, uh, so we uh, got married in 2012. And I quickly realized that I knew nothing about her or the way she communicated. Okay. Because I'm the kind of person where if I want something, I'm going to tell you what I want. Okay. Black and white. There's going to be no question. My wife does not communicate like that. My wife hints at things, or she will say random facts in hope that you can interpret what she means. I'll give you an example. Perfect example that happened even a couple days ago. She goes, uh, who's, who's Monday night? Our trash runs on Tuesdays. And she goes, oh, trash runs tomorrow. Cool fact, babe. <laughs> so I go to work Tuesday morning. Josh, why didn't you take the trash out? Because I didn't know you wanted me to. I told you it was trash day. No, yes, you stated a fact. You want me to have telepathy and, and try to figure out what that means? Why are you mad at me for not doing something you didn't ask me to do? Yes, yes, the guy in the Florida shirt, yes. Or, or, or this is, this is a, another real one. We can be laying in bed watching TV, and she'll go, I'm hungry. Well, it's a good thing we have a pantry full of food. And then she, you know, throw off the covers. You can hear her, like, stomping through the house. It's like, what? You didn't give me anything to eat. You didn't ask me to. Like, I don't even know what I want half the time. Why do you want me to have some kind of divine gift of telepathy? Listen, the devil can't even read your mind. Scripture says that. that. There's only two people that can read your mind, you and God. Why do you think I can do something the devil can't even do? I've never said that to her. I have felt that deep down in my soul. Here's what I learned about it, though. First of all, let me give you some advice. Men, I have tried to get 
to get my wife to say what she means. I have tried for nearly 10 years now. Doesn't work. Guys, best of luck to you. <laughs> but this is what I learned. I was in a relationship with my wife, but I still couldn't understand her voice. And just initiating the relationship didn't mean I understood everything she was trying to say. There was a journey involved. A journey that I had to pay attention, be patient with her, be patient with myself. And thank God she gave me mercy along the way. This can also apply to our relationship with God. There may be some of us in here who have a relationship with God. We may have had a relationship with God, uh, with God for years. But we still don't understand how to hear his voice. In fact, if you're in a Christian community, you've probably heard things such as somebody say, yeah, I feel like God told me this or God prompted me to do that. And for some of us in here, we go, yep, I mean, it's completely normal to us. We know what we mean. For some of us in here, we're like, that's freaking weird that God said something uh, to you. For some of us in here, we hear that. We've heard stories in Maybe we're insecure about our ability to hear God's voice. Or some of us, maybe um, we're doubtful that we can hear God's voice. Some of us, we may be frustrated because there are seasons that we can hear God's voice clearly, but we're asking God for direction right now, and He hasn't given it to us. So, tonight, we're going to be talking about how to hear God's voice. Now, here's my hope for you today. I hope that if you're a follower of Jesus, my hope for you today is that when you walk out of this room today, you are encouraged, but mostly you feel um, equipped, better equipped to hear God's voice. If you're not a follower of Jesus, my prayer for you tonight is that you would walk away blown away by the supernatural power that God offers us if we'll say yes to him. So, now I want, I want to admit several things as we dive in tonight, okay? Here's the first thing I want to admit. Tonight's message is going to be completely different than a traditional message, okay? Completely different. This is not going to be about inspiring you. This is going to be about equipping you. So you can think of tonight more like a workshop than a sermon, all right? That also means that if you don't participate with me, tonight's going to suck, so, I need your engagement. Do you think you can do that? Okay, good. I need your conversation. And also, uh, we're going to be, at the very beginning, we're going to be taking like a 30,000-foot view because uh, we have to skim some stuff along. But the reality is that I have enough content about hearing God's voice that it could be a sermon series. So, we're going to have to move quickly. But what we're going to do is start with building a foundation, and then we're going to get to more specific questions. But I can promise you this. If you are a follower of Jesus, and you take what we talk about tonight and apply it to your life, it will change your life and the dynamic of your relationship with God forever. All right. So, we're going to pray. And then after we pray, I want to hear some of your questions about hearing God's voice. So, let's pray. Lord, uh, tonight we're talking about hearing your voice. And quite frankly, God, we don't need to hear Josh's voice on the, this opinion. We need to hear your voice. So if you would give us ears to hear. Lord, um, may we have an unusual amount of focus tonight in our ability to learn 
and may you change our life tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm going to, uh, I love my whiteboard. All right, so here's what I need from you. Here, uh, what are some of, when you think about hearing the voice of God, what are some of the questions that come to your mind about it? Or I can be more specific, when you leave here tonight, what do you hope you would learn? Yes, sir. <laughs> God's voice versus other voices. Meaning emotions, the world's voice, uh, insecurities, uh, bad past experiences. What about the enemy? Uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. He's, you know, uh, so that's a great question. We will be talking about that tonight. Good deal. Anybody else? Yes, sir. <laughs> What's he trying to say when he's not saying anything? What's he saying when he ain't saying? Yes, sir. How exactly does he talk to his followers? How does he speak? How bold are his consistencies? Okay. Okay. Let's take a few more. We'll make sure we hit it. And by the way, there's no judgment here. I want you to be free to ask your questions. Don't, one of the things that I regret was not having a place where I could ask the honest questions of my heart growing up. And I've always wanted this to be a place for that. Yes, sir. Condemnation versus conviction. Okay. Yes, ma'am. What's the difference? No, I'm asking you this. That um, doesn't matter. Because, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not shooting it down. I'm just, because I'm, this is really good. Dang it, we're getting too far ahead. I'm so excited. All right. Okay, obedience versus preparation. Okay, I'm going to start with that. I'm just getting really excited, okay? Because y'all are like stepping all in it. Um, okay, one more. I see you another. Yes, ma'am. What's that? What if you heard him wrong? Mm. Wrong. All right, I may have to hit this separately because that's a really good one. All right, all right, let's dive in. Hey, was there another one over here? I felt like I was done. What does it sound like? Okay, it sounds like Kevin Myers. Sounds like anybody know who Colton Wall is? Colton Wall? Coulter Wall, that's the one. I bet his voice sounds like that. All right. All right, you ready to dive in? So there is no cute way to package some of this stuff. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to start by laying a groundwork for you. Because for us to be able to answer these questions, some of these questions require us to have a basic understanding of God's voice. So I'm going to go through a couple very basic uh, principles about it that's going to give us a framework that we can dig a little bit deeper into, okay? Now, after I do these frameworks, we're going to need a mental break, and I don't have a cute story to tell you. So what we're going to just do is I'm going to give you 60 seconds, stand up, stretch your legs, and then we're going to keep going. That's the game plan? We're good? All right, let's start with the, let's start with the framework. Um, and we're going to go incredibly fast through these questions. And here are the first four questions that we're going to go through. Who has the ability to hear God's voice? How does God speak to me? How can I get God to speak to me? How can I put myself in a position to hear God's voice? Giddy up, shake and bake, let's do this. Who has the ability to hear God's voice? 
Every single born-again Christian has the ability to hear God's voice because the moment you are a Christian, you get the person of the Holy Spirit in that moment. You receive the Spirit, okay? Now, so the Holy Spirit now lives in you. I don't have verses I'm going to throw on the screen, but just listen to these. 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 6.19. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? 2 Timothy 1. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you the treasure entrusted to you. Listen, once you were born again, you are no longer separated by God. God's spirit began to dwell in you. So we're not trying to convince or bribe God to speak to us. He's already in us. Now, I want you to take, just let that blow your mind for a second. The God of the universe, the one who said, let there be Boom. The one who spoke everything into existence. The one who gave up his only son. The one who literally had Jesus raised from the grave. That power now indwells in you. So this means that salvation is more than just a mere dedication to God. Salvation is more than signing a card and promising I'm going to do the best I can to follow Jesus. It's more than the power of positive thinking. Salvation is a supernatural work of God in which you put your faith in Jesus, surrender to him, and you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is given to every single Christian, every single one of them. The Holy Spirit is not a lottery where some get it, some don't. It is a guaranteed promise of God. There was 120 people in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell. 120 people got the Holy Spirit. Everyone gets the person of the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between the gift of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. Don't have time to get into that. I'm talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Everybody gets him. So if you're a follower of Jesus, this is what I'm trying to say. You already have the ability to hear God's voice. You already have the ability to hear God's voice. All right, question number two. How does God speak to me? God speaks through impressions in your spirit. God rarely speaks through an audible voice. I have never heard God speak through an audible voice. But he will speak through impressions on your spirit. Sometimes we call these prompts. Because God is spirit. I am a spirit with a body. So God... We speak spirit to spirit. And many times, the, these impressions on our spirit are so real, it is as if it were an audible voice. We'll talk more about what that feels like and sounds like in a little while, okay? i got to lay this groundwork. Question number three, how can we get God to speak to us? Here's my answer. It is not your responsibility to get God to speak to you. God speaks to you when he wants to speak to you. It is your responsibility to put yourself in a place to hear him when he does speak. Okay? And listen, God loves speaking to you. And he wants to speak to you. But God also knows 
how and when it is best to speak to you. So our job is not to force or manipulate God to speak. It's to humbly and patiently put ourselves in a position to hear him when he does speak. It's kind of like talking on the cell phone. If I need to talk to my wife on the cell phone, is it my job to force her to call me? Nope. If you think it's your job to force your spouse to call you, you got some deep control issues. And that's going to backfire on you, I promise. My job is to let her know I would like to speak to her and then put myself in a position where I can have a clear signal, a clear reception, so when she does speak to me, we can speak clearly. Same thing with God. It is, our job is not to force God to speak. It's to put ourselves in a position to clearly hear him and to let him know that we want to speak to him. Okay? Question number four. How can I put myself in a position to hear God's voice? Four things. We've talked about this a little bit throughout the series. I want to dive this. And I'm going to spend a little more time on this one before we dive deeper. The four things. Number one, the Bible. Read the Bible. Get in God's Word. Number two, prayer. Number three, worship. Number four, obedience. Let me dive into this just a little bit. Let me dive into the reading the Scripture, okay? The Bible is not just a book. It is a divinely inspired book. Word of God. It's God breathed. Now listen, God speaks in a number of different ways. He does speak through promptings of the Holy Spirit. He does speak through other people. He does speak through circumstances. But the primary way that God speaks today is through the Bible. When you are reading the Bible, God is speaking to you. In other words, don't say God doesn't speak to you if your Bible is closed. Listen, you have to dive deep into the Word. Listen. And through the scripture, it helps us recognize God's voice when he does personally speak to us. Because if we want to know what his voice feels like and sounds like, we have to, already, we have to know what he has already said. We have to get familiar with his voice. I'll give you an example. Let me throw back up the picture uh, to Erica and my sister-in-law. So that's, uh, this photo was in about 2008. This was right before, uh, this is right after Erica and I met. Erica's on the right. That's her sister, Madison, on the left. Um, so when Erica and I started dating, we had a long-distance relationship. For two years, we had a long-distance relationship. We were about three hours apart from one another. Um, and so we spent a lot of time talking on the phone every evening. Now, she lived in North Carolina, had terrible, she lived like up on a hill, and she had terrible, uh, terrible cell phone um, coverage. So we actually had to, I had to call her home phone to talk to her. But here's the kicker. Erica's in Madison's voice sounds exactly alike on the phone. I cannot tell you how many times I would call the house. Madison would pick up and pretend to be Erica. Now, we had great conversations. Don't get me wrong. They were great, okay? But there was a couple of times that she literally, I remember her saying one time, she goes, Josh, listen, I need to confess something to you. Uh, I've been visiting some of my ex-boyfriends, and I've lost feelings for you. This is not going to work out. Click. And I remember sitting there going, I know, right? I know. It is so bad. And I remember that they're sitting there going, she just broke up with me. She just broke up with me. 
But listen, I had not really been broken up with. I had been lied to by someone imitating the real voice. Okay? And the more time I spent listening to Erica's actual voice, the more familiar I got with it, the more quickly I could tell when something or someone was trying to imitate it. Never happened again. We are constantly have many voices going on in our mind. We have our own thoughts. We have our own emotions. We have the world's thoughts. We have the voices of friends. We have our insecurities. We have our fears. We have our hurts. We have the enemy coming to us and trying to convince us it's truth. We see it a, a, a bunch in Scripture. And it's hard to tell God's voice when there's so many voices in our head. The only way we can get grounded in knowing what God's true voice is is to get familiar with what he has already said in his word. Okay? So you've got to dive in, emerge yourself in God's word, get familiar with his love letter so you can examine. You have the responsibility to examine if what you're picking up lines up with God's word. We have to do it. All right. We go knocked out these other two. Talking with God. This is prayer. Number two, prayer. Talking with God. Aligning your heart with God. We talked about this a couple weeks ago on how to pray. So um, number three, worship. Adoring, exalting God. We also talked about this a couple of weeks ago on how to worship. Number four, let me hit this one. Obedience. Let me be very clear. Throughout Scripture, we see that obedience is a necessary part of being putting ourselves in a position to hear God. Because if we are living in continued disobedience, we're literally reje rejecting God's Word. Listen, if you're not obeying what God has already spoken in His Word, then why are you asking Him to speak more words to you? Let me be very blunt. Some of us in here have spent more time watching porn this month than we have in God's Word. And then you're wondering why you can't hear God's voice. It's really hard to recognize God's voice when you're more familiar with a porn star's voice than God's voice. I am not saying that God... I wholeheartedly believe God wants to continue to talk. And that I believe He is continuing to talk to you. That continued disobedience puts yourself outside of position to hear him clearly. And when you're wanting to hear him clearly, what he's going to do, the only thing he's going to want to talk about is getting that right. And by the way, this is true of all sins. The reason I bring that up is because we rarely talk about it in the church service. So I'm not singling out that specific sin. Actually, I am. Um, but this is true of all sins. Deceit, manipulation, sin. Lying, sin, okay? Can God in his grace... Now, I also believe that some of these sins is difficult to walk through. God's grace is there. He meets us there. We talked last week, confession, repentance. This is not to shame you, okay? What I'm just saying is that if which voice are you pursuing more, that's the one you will get more familiar with. We good? That's as preachy as I'm getting tonight, I promise. I was looking forward to that statement all day. This is true of all sins, by the way. All sins. This is why it's so important to remain obedient and to repent. 
All right. So I'm going to try to go through this really quickly, but this is uh, really important stuff. We're about to go one layer deeper into hearing God's voice. We've created a framework. We're about to go one layer deeper. So here's the question. What does it sound like? When God speaks, what does it sound like? Sound like. There are a couple of consistent characteristics about God's voice that we see throughout church history, but primarily in Scripture. Okay, so here's the first thing. Um, here's the first thing God's voice will always do will align with Scripture. It will always align with Scripture. God will not, a disobedience to Scripture or something that opposes Scripture is sin. So God and God will not lead you to sin. So God is not going to. God is not going to lead you to do something to disobey sin. For the sake of time, God, let me give you a couple of examples. I don't care. Let me give you a couple of examples. God is not going to tell you to steal something from somebody because they have a lot of it and you don't. Sorry, doesn't work like that. God is not going to lead you to not pay back a debt that you owe someone. No. That's biblical. God is not going to tell you to have sex with someone before you're married because they're the love of your life. That no. And if you're in a miserable marriage, God is not going to lead you to have an affair because he wants you happy. You want to talk about something that pisses me off? And I see it all the time. You wouldn't believe the number of people sitting on my couch that goes, I was in this miserable marriage, and then God provided me this amazing person while I was still married because they want me to be happy. Let me ask you something. God in his word has commanded all of mankind to be faithful to their spouse. What is it so special about you that he gave you a special pass? It's arrogance. It's arrogance. It makes me so sick. That's not directed towards you, by the way. <laughs> I'm thinking about these imaginary, they're very real people, but they have sat on my couch. God holds everybody to the same standard. You don't crap gold. God holds you to the same standard, too. He holds himself to the same standard. Why would God let you get a free pass on a standard that he holds to himself? Sorry, got a lot of anger <laughs> concerning this area because I've seen it lately and it just makes me really mad. All right, number two. <laughs> Ironically, God speaks through peace. <laughs> when God, <laughs> darn it. Whenever God speaks, his voice always carries peace. In fact, when you are trying to get direction um, concerning a decision that you're trying to make, this, uh, outside of this, this is the primary thing you are going to be looking for in this decision. Does it carry peace? Give you an example. You're trying to make a decision on whether or not to, if you're, if you're supposed to buy a specific car or not. I'm just going to be making up examples, Okay. Uh, you're supposed to buy this car. When you go to God in prayer, God, is this the car you have for me? And this is all decisions in life, by the way. The thing you're looking for is, does it carry peace? Another way to say it is, does it breathe in your spirit? 
You ever had something where you had two decisions and one decision was almost going to be made, but it was like, oh, God, this is kind of, there's something wrong about this. Like, it's heavy. And then, and then all of a sudden, the decision was changed, and you went, <sighs> anybody know what I'm talking about? If you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I pray God would do that for you tonight or this week because you can feel it. There comes a peace. There comes a breath with it. So this is now, make sure I'm not missing anything. So this is what you're looking for in God's direction. Does it carry peace? Now, what about when God disrupts our peace? What about when we're going through something and something goes, you can feel your heart, like something's not right. There's a disruption. Usually that means, this is something that we would call a red flag, okay? Um, or we would, sometimes it's known as a check. I got a check in my spirit about something. Somebody invited us to do something. And we were about to go engage in it. It could have been it, nothing, nothing even bad. It was like, oh, man, something... Man, I don't know. Or maybe you had a job offer you were about to take. Like, oh, something, something didn't feel right about this. Or you were about to jump into a major. Oh, something just doesn't feel right. It's in those moments, those aren't always a hard no from God. But those kind of checks, the disruption of peace means that you need to lean in and ask God, what does this mean? Okay? Because this is... Uh, because usually God answers when we get disruption of peace, we're trying to get clarity. He usually answers in one of four ways. One is yes, one is no, one is slow, one is wait until I say. Okay? Yes, no, slow, go. Yes means, yep, you're praying about something, this is for me, go, boom, done. One is no, it's a clear, hard no. Nope, do not engage in this. This one is you can proceed, but proceed slowly stay connected to the vine here one step at a time god am i supposed to date this person yes no or as my mom used to say hell no <laughs> slow is one like oh man i feel like god's giving me permission but he's also telling me not to rush into this and then one is wait. This is one I would say that whenever you need, this is one that's kind of like, I feel like God's given me permission to do it, but now is not the time. I, I especially feel this when it comes to uh, heavy, um, um, difficult conversations with somebody. I'm constantly praying because when you have difficult conversations with other people, timing is important. So I'm constantly going, okay, God, is this the time to have the conversation? Is this the time to have the conversation? I look for it till I have peace. Okay? But all of this is driven by a level of peace. All right. Let me go to the third one. Third one is that it sustains over time. God's voice sustains over time. This is an important one to help you differentiate whether it's God's voice or your own emotion. Because your emotions come and go. They will be here one minute, there one minute, over here, excited, sad, fearful, and you're just all over the place. God's voice doesn't do that. It doesn't say he's a, Scripture says he's not a shifting shadow. God's voice sustains. So this is why when I have important decisions to make, or at least decisions that could be invoking high emotion, I slow down and I never do it in a rush. Sometimes I'll wait a few days for my emotions to calm down. So I can get a consistent peace. Sometimes I've waited weeks, sometimes months, depending on the weight of the decision. I did not go out and buy Erica's wedding ring on a flimsy notion. It took me four months, even after I had the money, 
Because I needed my emotions to get to the side. I needed to know God was telling me yes. Because I knew every marriage has issues. Everyone, I promise they do. But in those hardships, I needed to be able to go back to God and say, God, I remember when you said this was the one for me. So I'm going to rely on you to help me get me through this. But it always sustains. So give it time. The third one. Wish I could dive more into this, but we've got to keep going. God's Spirit is never, never condemning. It never comes with guilt and shame. God is never going to shame you into obedience. The difference between condemnation and conviction um, and God, when, God, in, when God leads you to do something, it's a kind invitation. He's like, like there's, a, there's a breath to it. No, you can do this. Come on, come to me. Uh, condemnation is like, if you don't do this, you're a terrible person. Uh, c- conviction is in God's kindness telling you what you did was bad. Condemnation is you did that, so now you're a bad person. Condemnation goes after your identity. Conviction goes after your actions. Very simple, but we got to keep moving. Lines with scripture, peace sustains over time, never condemning. All right. Gosh, I got to keep going. I'm going to do this really quick. All right. So, what happens when we're praying about direction and we still can't get a clear answer? All right. I'm about to show, tell you two things that greatly changed the way I heard God's voice. This is even further deeper in the wood. What do I do when, God's ask, when I'm asking God for direction but not getting a clear answer? Here's what the first thing I'll do. Pray from different angles, and I will explain this. Never ha- I had a mentor show me this. I've heard nobody else talk about it. Whenever I'm trying to make a big decision, and let's say, uh, let's talk about majors. We're trying to decide on a major, okay? Y'all give me an example of two majors. Uh, thank you. Well, wait. All right. I didn't even finish the question. Education versus psychology. Let's say I'm trying to decide on those two. Now, I, now, one of the first steps is I could go, hey, okay, God, which one do you want me to go into? Education or psychology? And if I don't get a clear prompt, this is when I go one layer deeper. And this is true of everything. This is true of all decisions. What I'll do is then take, I'm going to take one of the choices, and let's go education, okay? And I'll pray from different angles. What I mean by that is I'll go, okay, God, um, I'll pray the affirmative. Do you, God, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? I'm praying the affirmative. And then is it peace or no peace? And then I'll reverse it. Do you not want me to do this? Do you not want me to do this? I'll pray the negative. And then do I get peace or non-peace? Praying from different angles gives you a unique perspective. So I go, okay, God... Uh, I'm trying to do this. Uh, I'm thinking about going to education. Do you want me to do this? I don't know. God, do you not want me to go in education? And then you start seeing how these different angles hits your spirit, and you'll actually start pinpointing what God's leading. And then I'll flip it, and then I'll go to the next one, psychology. And I'll do the same thing with psychology. 
And you'll be surprised about how many times I've gotten, uh, God, do you not want me to do this? And he'll go, no, I don't want you to walk away from it. But I'm not getting a yes. But at least that narrows down a choice. That makes sense? Now, it can get very complex. And then sometimes I'll just throw in a random question. For example, God, do you want me to drop out of college? I'm serious. Like, I need a baseline. I need to hear a no somewhere. But at least to do it. So that's one way. But I love praying at different angles. Another one is this. Okay, so I have several different options. I still can't hear the voice of God. Here's the last big one. Sometimes God allows us to have what we want. Let me explain why. We can have what we want. Sometimes. All right, I want, you to, I want you to imagine God's will like an hourglass, okay? So it's like this. Oh, God, I better do the other side because that's looking weird. Okay. So in this hourglass, this, and now anything in this hourglass is God's will, okay? Now sometimes there is one clear choice. God's saying, if you want to be inside my will, this is the one choice. But there are also other times inside God's will where he lets us have multiple choices, and each choice is inside of his will. God, which car do you want me to have, the green one or the blue one? What do you want? I'm praying about it. I don't get a prompt. Maybe God's saying, what color do you like the best? Seriously. God, do you want me to have Netflix or a Hulu Plus? Could be both. Maybe take two of those suckers at the same time. But here's what I'm trying to get at. God's will is always is not just always like strict. Oh, got to do this. He's got this. Got to do this. No, God. There's a lot of freedom inside of God's will. So sometimes, if if you're not getting super clear on some of these choices, maybe you should pray. Okay, God, are you are you saying I have a choice here? It frees us up a lot. Because I'm telling you, I've gotten so bound up with being scared to hear God's voice that I mean, I was more nervous than a, a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. All right. All right, here's the last question, because we got to go. Last question. This could be on the screen. What do I do in a season when I feel like God has gone completely silent? I want to give you three thoughts. Number one, faithfully obey him until he does speak. Just because God hasn't spoken to you as quickly or as clearly as you want him to does not make him any less worthy of obedience. God is still good. God is still near. God is still kind. And just because you can't see his hand doesn't mean he's absent. It just means he has a higher perspective than we do. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent. So if you're in a season of silence, then take where you're at and faithfully serve him. And maybe that's why he has you there. Number two, draw near. Draw near. 
draw near in the ways we talked about scripture prayer listen sometimes the devil likes to scream the world likes to scream but God loves to whisper and sometimes God hasn't gone silent he's just started whispering and do you know what you have to do with someone who's whispering you have to get closer God's not giving you the silent treatment. Maybe he's inviting you to draw near. Here's the last thing. Breathe and enjoy the journey. In a season where you can't hear God's voice, breathe and enjoy the journey. There are some of us in here who hate the season in the situations we find ourselves in. You're in that season right now where you hate it. You're miserable. You're uncomfortable. You're scared. You're tired and you're frustrated. And maybe the reason you want to hear, hear God's voice about direction is because you think if you get direction from Him, it's going to help you escape from the journey. And the reason you're frustrated about not hearing God is because you feel like the longer it takes for you to hear God's voice, the longer it's going to take for you to get to the destination. Maybe you're here tonight and God wants to remind you it was never about the destination. It's always been about the journey. It's always been about the journey. And where you are right now, even in the season of silence, is the point. Because in these hard seasons, God's doing a work in our hearts that he couldn't do any other way. God is more concerned with who he is making you than where he is taking you. Your soul is more important than your ideal destination. I'll say that again. God is more concerned with who he is making you than where he is taking you. The destination doesn't form who you are. The journey does. In fact, the journey forms you for the destination. And in this journey, even in the silent parts of the journey, God's forming us. And some of us are in crappy situations. Now get that. But maybe the point isn't to get out of the crappy situation. Maybe it's to allow God to use the crappy situation to transform our souls. And by trying to escape it, you're actually escaping the work God wants to do in you before you get out. So, if God doesn't reveal the next steps in your life, then ask Him what the next steps in your soul is until then. What does God want to do in your soul while you wait for his voice? Is it to teach you patience? Is it to teach you trust? Is it to teach you what joy looks like in the struggle? Is it to learn how to be content and thankful? Even when you're in a situation you don't want to be in? Is it to learn to trust him? regardless of circumstances? Is it to faithfully serve Him? Is it to trust Him to provide? Whatever this season is, if you're in a season of not hearing God, what does God want to teach you in this season? So we're going to go into a time of prayer. 
two things I want to invite you to do. For some of us in here, we never realized that we could invite God into the decisions of our life. And we're trying to make some very big decisions in our life, and we need God's guidance. Some of us in here, start that conversation. Invite God into that. For others of us, you're in a season of silence. And your frustration about the season is distracting you from what God wants to do in this season. Take your frustrations before Him. Ask Him to show you what He wants to do in your soul. And then teach Him, ask you to teach you how to patiently wait until He does speak. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you some space to go out throughout the room. You get to have a moment with God, then we're going to end with some worship. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand together right now. One, two, three. You find your place in the room. You can sit back down if you want to. You can find a corner. The room is yours. Let's cry out for God's voice. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. I hope that you take some time to reflect and to listen to God's voice. And I hope that you are encouraged and guided by today's message. Please share this with somebody who needs to hear this message and subscribe. And if you want to know more about College of 12 Stone, give us a follow on Instagram at C12 Stone. Hope to have you join us next week.